Blog Talk Radio. This is Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story sold on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB in Oklahoma and the surrounding areas. Um, Lighthouse Christian Radio, it is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. For those of you that are listening, and you know the others wish they could be listening, or for your own review, please remember if you are listening through the um, through the live stream link that Marty Oakley puts up, uh, that is your archive. That's your archive for um, listening again. So uh, thank you, Marty. Really appreciate that. Uh, Daryl Wiggins has served his time. There's no need to get into the logistics of the case. What should have happened instead of what did happen regarding his punishment, we are far beyond that. And let me assure you that Mr. Wiggins has been far beyond that for decades. And that, that's what matters. There's always been remorse. Darrell was a very young man when he, as a first-time offender, was sentenced to prison. He was in many rights, still a kid. My kids are 20 and 22, and yes, one's over 21, but technically, you know, our brains do not stop developing until we're 25. That certainly cannot be the end-all excuse for any kind of thing to do wrong, though. But that being said, when one's brain reaches full maturity at 25, which Daryl's hadn't yet, and life circumstances, so much comes into play. But again, we're not trying a case anymore. That's done. That's over. That was accepted along by Daryl. He was admittingly rebellious for the first part of his decade behind bars. Uh, you know, it's been three decades. Uh, so first few years, he was a little rebellious. He was young, teenager, or early, early 20s, but then he started to grow up. The pardon and parole board has been in the spotlight quite a bit over the last few years, but the integrity or lack of it from years past is evolving, and there's more balance, more thought, more process, and that means the board is working harder and not just rubber stamping, no. That being said, things do happen for a reason. And on Daryl's seventh application for parole, he made it past stage one. 
The prosecutors typically object systematically during this stage, and the applicant is not able to defend him or herself. But others are able to object to the, uh, to the prosecutor's objection, anticipating that they will, and we did. We objected. This is part of the process that many are not aware of. That happens in the first stage. Any letters of support for somebody who is applying for uh, parole, that does not happen till the second stage. He's made it. He's made it. Pardon and Parole Board did their homework. Daryl did his work to get there. And we pray to God that there's light at the end of this tunnel and that he will soon be released. It's a process. It does not happen overnight. Oh, boy. Good things do take time. But we have not lost any faith. We have been injected with it because things are going right. Not everybody should get past this stage. But the great thing is we think that this is a great time and that he is that model inmate that is the perfect example of not only being eligible for parole and ready for parole, but those second chances, those second chances in his late 50s. But he is grateful. He's grateful. And so is his wife, Leslie. And so is, are his family. We've had his sister on, Karen uh, Smalls. She's been on. We're also going to have another sister on tonight, and she's waiting there, Pamela uh, Powell. And his niece is going to say a thing or two. And Ricky Oscar Williams, who has been on with us several times, uh, who's a friend. I'm here. Who knows knows him from from prison. Ricky is released. Ricky is out. Uh, But he has been on, shared a lot of things with us, not only about just uh, what he knows about Daryl, but he shared a lot about his experience and his growing up in prison as well. And uh, how Daryl was a good reason or good, he, he helped put Ricky in a position in his mindset, mentoring him to help him. There's one other person who is going to come on tonight, but she uh, is not feeling well. And instead, she wrote up a quick statement for me to read. So I'm going to do that, and then I will introduce them. And then they can just jump on and jump on. It's Leslie Wiggins. It's Daryl's wife. So I am going to read this verbatim. 
I write this statement to Tanya in reference to my darling husband, Daryl Wiggins. May peace from our Lord be with you through this radio show tonight. Daryl is currently awaiting the second stage to his parole, personal appearance before the parole board. This is scheduled to happen in just less than two weeks, beginning July 12th to the 14th. I am one of Daryl's biggest and longtime fans. We've known each other for over 20 plus years and have been married 10 of those. So, mathematicians out there know we obviously met during his incarceration. Most of you listening to this show tonight have more than likely had your heart touched in one way or the other by Daryl, whether it be his fellow associates he shared in incarceration time, who might have been blessed by his mentoring. Family members, I love you all, she says. And of course, his current friends who are praying for him, helping him any way they can. Kudos to Ricky. I've been blessed to speak with him outside of his incarceration. He's been such a support and still is for Daryl. Thank you, Ricky. Tanya, in closing, I would like everyone to know that I do believe that Daryl is the most remorseful man I know. When it comes to his mistakes in history, he never intended for this to happen. No malice ever in his heart. There was no premeditation, nothing. In my opinion, he should never have received murder one life sentence. Other individuals that were more active in the crime that night with Mr. Uh, Wheatley received second-degree murder that came with a 25-year sentence and have been free at least 15 years. All in all, just hard to understand how an accident and being a first-time offender that he still remains behind bars 33 years and going. Please, whoever is listening and believes in his story and wants to write a letter to the parole board on his behalf, please do. Thank you for listening, and may God's peace be with you when we depart. And that is from his wife, Leslie. Again, you know, she shared her thoughts about his sentence, this is not about that anymore. This is about his life going forward. That's what we're going to stick to. So um, I do believe that I have uh, Pamela, you're on right now? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for joining us. And is Ricky on with us as well? I'm here. Hey, Ricky, how you doing? I'm great. Great. And is there anybody else, Marty, that's in queue or anything right now? Otherwise, we'll just get started. Okay. We're just going to get started. So, Ricky, hang in there uh, because we've talked with you, and I you know, I know that we discussed a little bit about this. Um, you know, we've been discussing it for some time. But I would like, you know, uh, Pamela, talk to us. How does it feel? Uh, you know, your, your sister Karen was on a couple of months ago, and she had so many mixed feelings. And, and you know, she, you know, she really looked into the case and and saw what really happened. But that being said, you know, she's a 
white woman, an educated woman, you know, your family is just bonded together, you've been through hard times, and you're back, back bonding, and, and you, you know, it's like, wow, this happened, you know, and so it was great to have her on and listen to what she had to say on his behalf, and, um, and now we get to meet you. How does it feel knowing that your brother's so close to, uh, you know, just knock on wood, that he, he has a good chance of coming home? He's got a wife, a life. He's got a home, a car. He's got jobs lined up. He has been essentially the model inmate for a couple of decades plus. How does it feel knowing that? and that he's gotten to this place. I'm I'm so very excited. I'm I'm really, I don't know how to even explain it, but because me and my brother were the youngest, and so we were close to each other. And he's one of the best brothers a young girl could ask for. And when this happened with my brother, he was very young, and but he was very remorseful. He never meant to hurt anyone. And it just feels good to know there's a chance that he's coming home because this is not the first time he's came up with parole, but this is the first time he passed the first step, and it's just exciting to me, and it's amazing. Oh, that's and I just great. want him to come home. He has a family waiting. He has a family waiting, and he has several job offers waiting, and he's just ready to be, you know, a man, to a good man to the society and be the man that he's supposed to be, a husband, a brother, an uncle. And he and, and the man that has actually been behind bars, too. Yes, he's you, you know he's been mean? behind bars, yes, ma'am. He's been a good brother and an uncle behind bars. Right, and, uh, and also a friend to others there, you, you know, that uh, that has positively influenced other people's lives. Yes, you know, yes. Situations and uh, you know he's he's uh, become you know a faithful man and uh, and and that's what has gotten him through this clearly is yes. you know his faith is yeah. so positive he has good faith we talk, uh, when we when we are able to talk we talk about that how, about having faith and keeping your faith up, because if you give up on faith, you don't have anything. You have to believe, and you speak things into existence, and, and that's what we talk about when we are able to talk to each other. Yep, yep, and he went through probably one of the most difficult times uh, just this past winter uh, when he had to have quadruple uh, bypass heart surgery, and uh, and that was in the middle of COVID. yes. And I was so scared when it happened because I didn't know what to expect. I'm sorry? That was very scary because I didn't know what to expect because that's a a very serious surgery. And I didn't know what to expect. We couldn't get any information. It was just very scary. And I just feel like he should be at home running with things like that with his health so he could be taken care of properly. Yep, yep. And he's stronger. I mean, he wants to go to work. He wants to earn a wage. He yes. wants to be with his wife. He wants to be, you know, 
working. He, he wants to be a productive member of society. He wants to help um, prevent other young adults, specifically young men, from uh, finding themselves in there at all, not to mention, you, you know, uh, lower the rate of recidivism. So, you know, he's kind of been like the, you know, you know, I think probably, you know, most prisons do have the wise ones, and he's been a wise one. And, yeah. um, and he's expressed, you know, his desire, not only that, literally did uh, help many others and, uh, you know, just get through the hard time and say, hey, you're only going to make things worse for yourself, you know, been there, done it, don't do that, you know, let me save you some time, let me save you some trouble. Exactly. So, uh, what are some of the uh, fun things? What can you think of that you remember about your brother before um, this fateful event happened? Well, he always made sure I was very full. He always made sure if I wanted something, I got it. Like whatever, cereal, clothes, shoes. He was just—he was a great brother, and he was a great child to his mother and he, and he loved his siblings he's very family oriented he's always about helping who he can help right 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 yeah so quite an quite an adjustment um even as a young uh, a young man you know he's he's just very very sounds like he he, he his priorities were his family and yes, uh oh, looking after his little sister and now uh, we know that um, you shared this earlier um, that that Leslie, his wife, uh, had brought your you know uh, your kids to see him in in prison. Which yeah. you know, I mean, Le- Leslie has been a gift. I know that you were struggling with some health problems, and yeah. uh, and so she wanted to make sure that your children to their uncle and had some visits. They got to miss him and to miss him and can't wait for him to be on the other side. Is that right? Yes. That was very amazing. Yes, she's amazing and I'm and I was I love her for that, that she made sure they knew their uncle and they love their uncle. Mhm. Okay, and do you have one of your, your children with you now that that they might want to say a word or two? Yes, she's right here. Her name is Aquaria Pal. Well, thank you for for coming on, and, and uh, you both are. You know, we both want you to keep chiming in, even after you know I asked you a couple questions, Aquaria. Aquaria. Yes. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Have you ever been on a radio show before? No, ma'am. Well, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, really, really do. There's, uh, you don't sound nervous. You sound great. But in case you're nervous, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're all family here. And we want to hear what you have to say. What comes to your mind when uh, you think about uh, your uncle? Um, I just 
want to see him you know outside of prison. You know, I've had visitations while he's while he's up there, and I just want to you know really spend time with him outside of prison because he's a very good uncle. He makes me smile, laugh a lot, and I just want to see him home. He makes you smile and laugh a lot. Yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, you know, so so what is it that you think that um, that he will feel once he is, you know, on the outside? I feel like he'll be very happy because that's all he talks about when we get the chance to talk. Like, he just wants to see his nieces, nephews, just his family. Like, he misses his family a lot. And he just he just wants us to, you know, all be together. And I miss my uncle, too. We all out. We miss him. Now, let, let me ask you, do you feel that he is somebody that you could go to for sound advice? I mean, you're, you're a young lady. You're, you're, you're young. You're in your early 20s. Is that right? Or how old are you? I'm 19. You're 19. Yeah. Is your uncle somebody, you know, that you've developed a relationship with that you feel that you could get sound advice from him? Yeah, especially because I really didn't have my dad in my life like that. So once I got the chance to talk to my uncle, you know, I could talk to him about things and depend on him to, you know, keep the secrets, you know, that I tell him or just I could talk to him about anything, really. Right. 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 He'll give you unfettered advice, and uh, and you know that. Yes. Excuse me? I've known him for a couple of years now, so this is, you, you've got your head on your shoulders. You're on a great time. And yeah, he would be, and he is somebody that um, would think of you and only you and give you the best of advice without judgment. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, excuse me, you said again, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I think that, you know, basically you're saying he's somebody you would go to for sound advice. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm sorry. I think my hand was in the wrong spot on my uh, recorder. Um, and uh, and they, do you feel that he would give you sound advice without an agenda and without judgment? Yes, he would. And he would tell me just from my uncle, he would, you know, keep it all the way real with me and tell me where I'm wrong and tell me what's right. Okay. Okay. And when you have gone to see him and when you've gone to see him, how do you, you know, I mean, you, do you look forward to it or is it like bittersweet because of where he's been, but yet it's just going to be so great to see him? Like how has, has his spirit been when was, you go to see him? He's very happy when he sees me, but it's just like me, like he doesn't want me to see him in there. But I look very forward to going to go see my uncle, but it's just I would want to see him outside of there. I would want him home. I think we all want him home, and we're hoping 
that the pardon and parole board wants him home too. You know, that is the whole purpose of being parole is we want this man who has paid his price and then some, you know, paid his price, who is ready to, uh, to be out there. You know, he's got his life, his world is all set up and ready to go into action. He uh, has uh, shared with us that him and his wife will go to counseling together because it will be a transition, you know, and that, you know, looking for all the support along the way, you know, on top of what he's been preparing for, you know, behind bars. So, well, thank you for your input. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get Ricky on here now, but is there anything else you want to say? And, and you and your mom can feel free to interject uh, throughout the rest of the show as well. No, I feel like I, I said everything. Well, you did a great job. You, no one would know it's your first time on radio. <laughs> Thank you. Great job. Well, so we're going to, you know, right before I bring Ricky on, I'm just going to say this because um, I'll say it again. But now is the time. If you know his case, if you've heard these shows over the last couple of years on behalf of Daryl Wiggins, please remember, and it is on my Facebook page, Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed um, Facebook page, uh, but please email in to Board Communications, B-O-A-R-D, Communications, Board Communications, one word, at P-P-B, that's Pardon and Parole Board, okay, dot, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, honey. Thank you very much. Uh, Board communications at ppb.ok.gov. And then you put Daryl Wiggins, 155255. Regular docket, parole docket, July 2021, stage two. Now, this is in the release uh, that was put out for the show. Uh, it is, it's in the... Um, it's in the promo, um, the link that Marty Oakley puts out for the show. Uh, it's in the graphic. So please refer to that. If you're in need of that information and you don't have it or you don't have a pen or paper, please just message me through Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed Facebook page. And, um, and if you want to hear more about his story, we have um, shows uh, that tell about his case and his matter. But, again, he's not being retried. Right now, he's being looked at as a candidate that has made it to the first stage, and he's going to a second stage where um, letters of support on behalf of Daryl Wiggins is important. It's very important. It, you know, his, uh, the record can say a lot for himself. You know, the fact that he hasn't been in trouble, he shows remorse, and he's going to show it. You know, that's natural for him. You, you know, uh, I think he'll do great on his own. But still, we want to make sure that the Pardon and Parole Board knows that there are people across the country that know about his story and that feel that he is 
a candidate for parole. Ricky, how are you? And thanks for yes, waiting. Ma'am. Appreciate it. I'm great. I'm just glad to be alive, and thank you for this opportunity. Oh, no, thank you. You're just like, you know, you're so grounded, and you're so connected to this whole situation. You personally know Daryl as well, and, um, you know, what are your thoughts now? Because this is coming down to the wire. Oh, by the way, the uh, deadline date uh, to get these letters of emails to support in is July So what are your thoughts? Is this exciting? Is it, you know, I, I know I'm both excited, my, but also I kind of, I'm like, oh, you know, nervous. Yes. I think I should be a nervous. I'm very Talk excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited because the world needs Daryl. The yeah. world needs it. You know, today I've been helping an older relative paint her house, and she's taking care of some grandchildren. And she's quite elderly. And I had mm-hmm. the occasion of having them out. They have severe emotional problems. And uh-huh. I was relating to them some of the things that me and Daryl talked about, about how life is. You know what I mean? You know what's expected of you. Do what's expected of you. If it's something you don't understand, do what your parents ask you to do. Then ask the question. And it made me really think about how much some of these kids that don't have father figures or male figures around them to give them some, I won't say stern guidance, but, you know, just guidance from a male perspective, you know, because yeah, everybody you needs a man in your life. you got to be cool, be fun, be this, be that, you know, the, the great guy that you are. But also then when it comes down to it's time to get serious, they'll listen to you. And I right. had been in correspondence with him about this situation because I'm dealing with a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. And the 13-year-old is extremely violent. She's a female. And she's just so much in pain, she just lashes out. And the 15-year-old is the one that enables her. And I just had to sit down and talk to them, look, you know, before long, you're going to be old enough to vote. You're going to be an adult. You're going to be responsible for yourself. This is the time to make preparations for that. Learn to listen. Don't speak while somebody's trying to explain something to you. Hear them out fully. And I learned that from Daryl, the art of effective listening. You listen first. Don't already have your preconceived idea in your head. Well, I've got quite a little bit of work out of them today. And it seemed like the day ended pretty good for them. You know, they got a little pain on them, and that was a novelty for them. But it really <laughs> let me understand just how much Daryl is actually needed because there are some children that's going through some of the same things that he went through as a child. And he can tell them what the end result can be if you don't listen if you don't pay attention, if you don't be obedient to your parents, if you don't, you know what I mean, obey the rules and laws of the land, and it's nobody's fault but your own if you don't, that responsibility, that responsibility. Yep, the excuses won't get you anything. You know, they won't get you anything. You know, I mean, there's, sure, uh, I mean, life can be hard, there's, it could be in bad situations, there could be poverty, there can be abuse or whatever is going on, but you've got 
to, um, you know, steer your ship, steer that ship in the right direction. And, uh, and, and that's huge. And it's a hard lesson for some young ones uh, to, to learn. You know, uh, it's a hard lesson for adults to learn sometimes, you know. Yes, but, it is. Some have to learn the hard way. And, uh, you know, obviously we've got some effective uh, advice coming from you, coming from Daryl. Impact. Yes. And I would lives. hope that the people listening today will send your letters and emails, congressmen, state senators, state congresspersons. Please write a letter in support, family, friends. You all know who I'm talking about. Write a letter in support for Daryl. If you think that I made it through here, he's one of the reasons that got me where I'm at today. So support him if you like the new me that you've seen after 30-something years of prison because this man helped make a difference in my life. Did you witness him uh, making a difference in other people's lives as well? Yes, ma'am. Everyone he come in contact with, he had – he has kind of like a dry sense of humor, and he would make a joke, you know, that ain't going to work out good for you, but go right on ahead if that's what you think you need to do. <laughs> and then they'll stop and say, well, what do you say that? He said, well, I could tell you go ahead and try it your way, but if you do this and you do that, you won't have this problem and this problem and this problem. And I've huh. seen people come back and thank him and thank you for that advice. At least I didn't make my situation no worse than what it was. Huh. Yeah. Because some of us like so, digging holes, and we dig them real deep. Yeah. What is his, you know, I have an idea, you know, uh, what, it, what it is, obviously, over the last couple of years. But what is his temperament like, in, in your opinion? Oh, he's... Uh, Easy going, but at the same time, he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. So if it's nonsense, he just, hey, man, I'll talk to you later, and he's just going to leave. He's not going to stand and argue with you. He's not going to debate with you, none of that. He'll say his Mm -hmm. piece, and after that he's done, he'll say, peace. I'll talk to you later. Have a nice day. Right. And just leave him with advice. Because you can't make somebody understand anything, you know. Mm -hmm. They have to come to their own conclusions based upon their own thinking. Well, I guess he was right. right. And he's good at that, you know, because, you know, we had come he's not to try to shove it down anybody's throat, but he's going to give them the option with the knowledge yeah. that some people are going to learn the hard way. And hopefully, you know, if, you know, if he's not saying, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, you know, then it can be like, all right, I'm going to do it. But it sounds like he says it in a way that, is resonating. It does, and he also will tell you if you go ahead and do it your way, like he told me. He said, "I told you, didn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I told you, Did didn't you I?" Did you get in trouble? Yes, almost, almost. Uh-huh. He told me. He said, "But he said I told you." And he kind of laughed. He said, "But I told you, though, didn't I? I did my job, didn't I?" Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. But you know mm-hmm. this thing here. I just really hope that he gets an opportunity because he does have so much to offer. 
And I yeah, hope that others have the opportunity, you know, uh, to to know him, you, you know, and and be positively impacted by him, you know, as well. And I think we're headed in the right direction. I mean, what was it like for you when you went through stage one? I never went. I just, I didn't, I, my record was so bad. Oh, you're released? I okay, never you're saw the parole board. On stage okay. one, they told me I made stage one in the middle of a riot. And then they told me that I made stage two, and I didn't really think it was real until they told me you need to pack your stuff up. It's time to go. Wow. Wow. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. And that's how okay. it was it was like one of those things where it was the summertime, it was a lot of stuff going on, we were on lockdown, so a lot of stuff didn't happen the way that it supposed to normally it was a lot of lockdown. So when we come off lockdown I would go Daryl I believe at that time was working in the laundry and I would go open the library up. So I would leave so 15, 20 minutes. you were both in the facility at that time? Yes. When you were released. And, and okay. I would go spend 15, 20 minutes with him every morning before I would I would go to my job. I'd go to his job, and we might have some coffee or cinnamon roll or, you know, just chit-chat. Right. But I think he's ready. In fact, I know he's ready. And, you know, I try to convince him that what God has for you, no one else can take away from you. What somebody else does has nothing to do with you. It might seem like that, and people might make that as the excuse. But what God has for you, you can't miss it. And I believe that he will be home by Thanksgiving. I believe that. That would be, um, yeah, it would be time. That would be amazing. I believe yeah. that. I mean, I understand, you know, we have all made mistakes, all of sin and fell short of the glory of God. And he has his guilt and his remorse that he's going to carry with him all his life. But give him the yeah. opportunity to take some of that guilt and remorse to use for good and other people to stop them from making the same mistakes that he did. And if he just reaches five or six people, that's five or six lives that he helps steer away from a bad end. Mm -hmm. And that's worth it. You know, I know that he's going to always have his guilt and remorse. Did Daryl ever mention to you if, uh, because I'm trying to remember, did Daryl ever mention to you if he had a mentor? Well, I don't know. We kind of mentored ourselves. We had a kind of a close-knit group of people that were designed to not get in any more trouble, to, you know, mean change our lives, address the things in our lives that we needed to address and a moral code that we tried to live by. So Mm -hmm. we mentored each other. And... Mm -hmm because there was a lot of things that everybody else did that we just don't do or we didn't do. Mm-hmm. So we kind of would kind of stick out those guys over there, those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'd go play basketball, but we didn't fight and all go on the basketball court. 
You know what I mean? If it got like that, we'd just walk off the court with somebody else going to get my spot. You know? Right. Wasn't in the, just really getting into fights for the sake of fighting because we right. realized that when time came to get out of prison, they will hold a 20-year-old misconduct against you if they want to. Right. And take right. all the classes that were available, take all the programs. He may have taken some of them two and three times. Right. Because I know I took some twice. And, you yep. know, because they actually, they did a, t- a while back actually give you the tools that you could use to be successful in society. I remember we was in the pride therapeutic community, and it was a, a peer-driven uh, program where, let's say, one week I'm in charge of everybody in the program, but next week Daryl might be in charge of everybody in the program. So it's like oh, living in the city. You might be a mayor today, but you might be the garbage person next week, or you could be the person that cleaned up this week, and you're like uh number two in charge of these 238 men that was in this program. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned a lot from him because he went on to, uh, I think, go to Votech, and I stayed to be an encourager and an intern in the drug program for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Kairos uh, Horizon program. we done that. Uh Thinking for a change, anger management, uh, 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 great dads, learning to be a father. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of these acronyms. Activating beliefs and consequences, ABCs. You know, you would take, okay, I'm angry. What do you do when you're angry? I lash out. Well, it's a consequence for that. So you, when you right. get angry, the, the thing you don't, you do not lash out. It was like a uh, cognitive behavioral type program, changing right. the way right. you think, changing your perception right. and, and reality. Right. Right. And okay. I think wow. that that uh, he has a place. There's people that want him and need him to speak to their children, to the high school kids, you know, things of that nature, because we have a lot of sad children today in our society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like maybe their parents aren't listening, but somebody that's been there might can understand. You know, I had to tell my little relatives today, hey, I know how that's going to work out for you. You might not want to do that one. And they said, well, why is that? Well, this was what happened. The grandma's going to get mad. Then she's going to talk about putting the belt on you. Then you're going to feel sad. So why don't you just listen to what she has to say and do what she asks you, and your life will be happier and you'll have more joy in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. Just people say that we can't be perfect, but we can sure try. Jesus said, be you therefore perfect as the heavenly Father is perfect. So if we're right. conscious and mindful, and pay attention to what you're saying, doing, and thinking, then the outcome of your actions will never be adverse nor cause you harm, and you can be a benefit for other people. And right. Daryl is good at that. Daryl is good at that. And how good does that feel when you know that you can make a difference? 
you know, I, I mean, I consider myself an empath, right? In, and in the past in my life, I have put, as a result of that, in, in the past in my life, I put my empathic energy into the wrong places, you know? But, you know, I changed that a while ago because, I, I mean, you can be a magnet, you, you know, as an empath to those that will take advantage of that. And, yeah. you know, and so putting your energy into, into, into worthy places where it's not a relational thing, you know what I mean? It's a cause. It's, you know, you get the facts. You verify the facts. You understand the situation and so on. Today, I hear about things that made a difference. Um, I just, to me, that's a huge high because we all want to do our part in making the world a better place. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you made me think of what the question you asked is. The answer was, for me is purpose. <clears throat> I remember that uh, we were taking this class called The Purpose Driven Life. I don't know if you've ever read the book. Uh, yeah, I actually, you know, I don't know if I have, but I've heard about it. Phenomenal. And, and, I've read and so many the... books like that. That I, you know, like my very first one was The Path Less Chosen, you know. And so it's yeah. like, and we're going back to when I was a teenager. So there's been so many in between. But go ahead. Yes. Tell me about it. Tell and, us about and, it. And see, Daryl is such an excellent speaker, and he has this purpose on him that he has to go tell these younger people, if you don't stop doing what you're doing and listen to your parents and pay attention, I know what's waiting for you. And he's such an excellent speaker. That's his purpose, to give back to those that were like him, those that needed an extra push, that needed an extra kind word needed extra encouragement, you know what I mean? And maybe sometimes some extra forgiveness. Yes. You know, because, you know, we all make mistakes. And if we oh. ever learn to quit compounding our mistakes and listen, okay, I made a mistake, and we always had this motto that if I do make a mistake or do make a, a sin or error, well, I'm going to follow that up with two good deeds two specific good deeds to make up for the one bad. And he has that type of purpose. He has that type of mentality. He has that kind of heart. So what do he has you that kind know? Of heart. What do you know, Pamela and, and Ricky, what do you know the pardon and parole process to be? Now, this is a parole process for, uh, for Daryl. So, um, you know, because his crime is, uh, you know, the crime that he has punished, been punished for is a, a violent crime. It's, it is deemed to be a violent crime regardless of, you know, and anything else because we know his hands were never laid on that guy, but, um, but it's a, a violent crime. So there's a difference between um, uh, parole for violent offenders and non-violent offenders. Um, but but it's it, the the purpose of the parole, you know, the goal of parole is to provide community supervision to offenders who've served their sentence, 
in prison and to have a chance to integrate back into society while being monitored. Okay. Right? That's okay. There yes. can be certain conditions right. that are placed on the parolee that uh, they may complete to be successful. Um, but if the parolee violates any conditions, then it can be revoked. You know, they could go back to an institutional setting. I personally, and I'm sure you can, you feel this way too, because we know, we know him, uh, that he is not at risk, or society is not at risk of him offending. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, uh, not at all. I guess the question, what to expect, uh, if the pro, four, if three of the members of the parole board, which evidently three of them must have thought enough of him to pass in the stage two, agrees that he should be released, they will make their stipulations, whether it's a step-down program or immediate release, and then it will go to the governor's desk for signing. Right. And that's right. where the nail-biting begins. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what so the they have four decisions to make here at, um, at at stage two. So each vote is not finalized, so the meeting is is adjourned on the final day. And afterwards, the votes are validated and are posted for public dissemination. Pardon Parole ba- Board makes one of four decisions. I'm just reading from OK Gov PPB uh, Parole Process. Okay, um, one recommend parole for violent offenders to the governor. Two, grant parole for nonviolent. Uh, three, pass to another docket. This option is rarely used and is typically done when additional information is needed. So that's like an extension. You know, if they're following up with something that might have been brought to their attention or they're waiting for some particular information, correct? And then yes. four, denial of parole for, um, for the offender. You know, he's passed stage one. Uh, and so that is a huge hurdle right there. So I'm one, you know, what could have come between now and and then him passing, you know, that would prohibit him from moving forward and then making the recommendation to the governor to uh, that he will uh, that he not only will not be a danger to society, but he will be the positive impact on society. You know, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking of yeah. this. This is. I was so confident in Daryl that they could put him on an ankle monitor and release him, and he's going to do exactly what he's supposed to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly what. And, you know, we had talked about this before. He's not. Uh, you know, if they want him to wear an ankle monitor, so be it. Because right. he's not going to do it. He's not going to break the law. He's not going to break the rules. He's not going to be out late. He don't drink. So, you know, you know, there's he's no reason for man. Yes. He's a wise man. He has grown up. He will do whatever he needs to be to be free. He'll do it, whatever it is he's going to. He wants to be home, and he wants to do what's right. He's right. And he wants to stay home. <laughs> he wants to stay, yeah. He wants to stay at home. Yes, that's he does. That's the part everybody misses. 
whatever Daryl did 30-something years, that's not the same guy no more. Exactly. It's just not the same guy. That guy is long gone. D-Mac been long gone. Pamela, can you imagine a nice, beautiful family Thanksgiving? Yes, Yes, I would, because I love to cook, and I will cook anything he wants. (laughs) Yes, you guys are going to need an extension in your your table or wherever it will be, whether it's at Leslie's or your home or wherever it is. That's right. What a Thanksgiving it will be, knock on wood. What a Thanksgiving. And and Ricky, you know, I know that you were just back in Oklahoma, and you know, you live in California now. But you just might have to make another trip to Oklahoma pretty soon. <laughs> well, I was kind of planning on one for next week, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, if I can okay. get 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 done with this job I got to do, that'll pay my ticket. I want to at least be standing out there with my sign saying "Free Durham." That's right. He's, done He's not the same man, Free Daryl. And are you, uh, is there any kind of uh, uh, little rally in support of him? So not a protest, but in support of Daryl taking, taking place um, with his ability that anybody knows of or? I don't or, know, but I was going to be a one-man uh, support t- system. You don't, have to be a, you don't have to be a one-man support. You let me know, and we'll be there. Okay. You we'll guys have any get it done. information? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, I, I'll connect you two behind the scenes. I'll connect you two. All right. And, 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 and again, this is just like a, a show of support. You know, yes. it's like, let's go, let's go. I'm just wondering how long it should take the governor to say, you made it to this point, let's go. You know, right there. <laughs> you know? I know I had to wait five months for the governor's signature. Okay. And the lieutenant governor ended up signing it. Signing okay. mine. But, yeah, it, it can. That's one of those things that, you know, if you've got somebody that knows the governor that can go in the governor's office and, you know, get a five-minute audience with the governor, that always right. helps. Right. You know, right. Yeah. To make, you know, to make sure that he gets a chance to read and understand who this person is that he's getting ready to release. You know and I, mean? I would imagine the governor has a lot of faith in the pardon and parole board um, at this point, that um, that is going to be something that, you know, okay, they, right, he's gone through this process, and um, they're recommending him, and let me just look through this and, you know, agree or not. And I imagine it will be easy to agree with all the important information in front of him that there's supposed to be. I believe you know? so, too, because there's no one protesting his release. Right. Right, other than potentially the prosecutors, and we, but that's, they've surpassed that right now. You yeah, know, they that do that with everybody. Passed. And yeah. the victim's family has not uh, protested it, correct? That's who I was speaking about, yeah, the victim's yeah. family. Right. Because they know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, they know. So, that he know, got okay. And I've read here that it could take, you know, six months to a year, but uh, he's already been through the first stage. So this is good. Yeah. And so like this you is said, very it's a process. So we know it's a process. And we're... Yes, well, it's a process. Yeah, it's been like 35 years or whatever it is. I, I imagine, you know, six months is, is you know, is very doable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I've seen people leave in 10 days after stage two. You know, just mm-hmm. when they get the yep. deal to the governor's office, if he signs it right then, it goes into effect. Mm-hmm. If it's a well, stack I, on his desk. Well, I know and I think we can c- encourage other people to do, and we only have a couple minutes left, is also uh, send an email to the governor's office in support. Um, yes. Following his case or your sister or your friend or da-da-da. You, you know, I know how I'll do it. You know, just. Um, you know, he's back about the stage two, right? Which, knock on wood, will be positive, and you know he'll get through that. And uh, and please uh, pay attention to this. Um, we'd appreciate it that uh, you know for all the right reasons. You know, uh, so if it's brought to his attention a number of times uh, by supporters like us, and uh, Maybe it'll help. Maybe that's, it won't hurt none, that's for sure. Yeah, it won't hurt none. Yeah, it won't hurt. So It um, won't hurt. Because the more yeah. support you have, the more, you know, in case a person starts, that's a safety net for him. You know what yeah. I mean? He, yeah, well, he can call me, he can call his sister. You know what I mean? He can call his niece. You know, because adjusting in itself is an ordeal. It is. You know, it is. It's, it took me five or six years before I really wanted to leave outside of the house, except for having to work. I didn't want to go nowhere. I didn't want to be around nobody. Didn't trust, you know, and it didn't go out after dark. Didn't no, okay, we nothing. got, um, I've got like one minute here. So uh, the show is slated for 60 minutes tonight. So what um, I would like to do is, uh, say thank you both so much for coming on. Please share this well, thank link you. with all your, with as many people as you can. Uh, the the address, the email address, his information is right on that uh, Facebook page. Uh, anybody can email me at injusticeinoklahoma@gmail.com if you're looking for additional information and you didn't get it. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Pamela. Thank you. thank you to your daughter. Thank you, thank Leslie. You so for much. A, you're welcome. A beautiful, you're welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Leslie, for such a beautiful letter on behalf of your husband, Ricky. God bless you. You know I love you. And, you know, we're not done yet, are we, my friend? No. Nope. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl yeah, he's free right, Darryl with, he's ready. He's ready. <laughs> and he's, he's done right ready. by the people. Yeah. Uh, Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley, TS Radio Network, and Stephen Burks, 89.9 KLRB-FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. Please tune back in Sunday night at 7 Central. We're going to think about whether we're actually going to have that show or not because... 
not sure how many people are going to really be listening in on the home today. We'll get back to you on that. Good night, and God bless you. Good night. God bless you. Good night. God bless you all. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl Wiggins. Free Daryl Wiggins. <laughs>